M&M, in partnership with DoCare, presents Transform Talks, recorded live in New York City at M&M Transform 2023. Hey, this is Mark Iskowitz, editor-at-large for M&M. Welcome to this special podcast series, Transform Talks. I'm sure not all of our listeners were able to attend the Spring Conference back in April, but when we launched MMM Transform several years ago, we envisioned the event as a way to showcase and facilitate Biopharma's digital transformation. This year's event came at a critical juncture as the industry seeks to capitalize on the digital gains made the last few years and position itself for the post-pandemic era. Taking place at the Edison Ballroom in NYC, the day was chock full of trends, insights, and case studies from leaders throughout the pharma marketing ecosystem. Among them was this podcast, recorded live on the main stage, in partnership with DoCare, entitled Effectively Engaging HCPs at the Moment of Care. Dr. Harshi Jain, founder and global CEO, was joined by Agbagwe Pella, SVP Group Media Lead at CMI Media Group, and senior reporter for MMM Lesha Bushak, who slipped into the moderator's seat to discuss some of the effective tactics for engaging with physicians within the clinical environment in the most non-intrusive ways possible, and to measure the effectiveness of those methods. Welcome to Transform, and thank you so much for being here. Harshit and Igbawe, thank you so much for being here with us. And before we delve into this topic, um, I kind of want to start at the beginning and sort of at the basics and ask both of you to define exactly what point of care for healthcare providers is and how does marketing to physicians at the point of care differ from other media channels that are used? Yeah, so for me, point of care marketing for physicians really is that intersection anytime, anywhere a physician is really meeting with or has the opportunity to think about a patient, think about patient care. So um, with COVID now, that kind of rapidly changed kind of what that traditionally was, where traditionally it was like in-office care. So, right, we think wall boards and um, uh, back office boards and things of that nature where they're at that specific moment. But I think what's really happened over the last few years is really an expanding of that and really all the opportunities that physicians have between digital and times where they're researching, really thinking about um, a particular patient has really expanded kind of the point of care and what, what we consider what we're looking at as the point of care. Um, and how that compares to traditional marketing is really just, um, again, taking advantage of those opportunities where HCPs have the patient in mind and vice versa, where patients have um, are in front of an HCP or have the opportunity to speak with, think about research, things of that nature. HCPs just taking advantage of that moment and the, really the plethora of opportunities that we have to reach them with the various digital and offline channels that we have now. I'll probably answer this as a physician. I think point of care to me is the the media, uh, the advertising, when I wanted to really see where I wanted to see when I'm seeing the patient. So any, any digital platform that I'm using when I'm interacting with the patient and if the advertising, the messaging from a pharmaceutical brand can be made present there is what the point of care marketing for me is, right? Relevant to the point of sale when you compare it to a pharmaceutical marketing, right? And I often now coming back to a marketeer's role, when I see point of care, I always see this as the bottom of the funnel, right? As you look at physician marketing, right? Top of the funnel is primarily for lead generation as you get a physician in the marketing funnel, non-endemic, social, 
emails, like all the non-personal promotions. And as a physician enters the funnel, he's looking to do research. The entire mid part of the funnel is the endemic and the med ed space, right? Now when physician is kind of, okay, convinced, let me enter this category, let me write a script for this drug, then comes the point of care. How can you remind him at that particular moment when a script can be written? So closest to the point where a script can be written. That's what point of care or a point of prescription uh, media is. It's often used interchangeably across various organizations. And um, as Igbawe mentioned, um, you know, we've obviously seen such a huge shift in recent years since the pandemic. Um, we've seen this evolution of point of care kind of coming from this more physical sense of being in the doctor's office and waiting rooms, obviously moving to telehealth and beyond. So I wanted to ask, you know, what are some of the most effective solutions that um, have emerged during this time and, and why are they, are they effective? So, um, and again, I think um, it's kind of like what I said before, where our, my job and our goal is really to get in front of physicians at various moments that matter. And so I'll let you get into kind of some of the specifics to EHR and that like point of prescribing. But um, we like to think about point of care prior to that prescription moment, right? There's a lot of moments that um, are important to both HCPs and, and patients up that lead up to the prescription, things that remind them of a patient that they're about to see, right? And so we think about uh, teleservices or, or telehealth rather services where you have a moment where the data tells us somebody's coming in to speak to a dermatologist about uh, a skin rash, right? So if do we have an opportunity to reach an HCP and or patient with that relevant message based on what they're about to see. So um, COVID has really just expanded those various opportunities and the data points that we have to really reach HCPs at um, additional moments, including kind of that point of prescribing moment. Yeah, yeah. see how I uh, see the evolution happening in point of care, right? Is I think pre-COVID point of care was often uh, uh, presented as an innovation in a lot of events, the MMM events or the other events. But now it is kind of an essential element on most of the brand media plans. I think that's the journey point of care as a channel has traveled in last three years or so. So it used to be just a messaging media where, oh wow, we are inside EHR, we are inside telehealth. That used to be a wow moment. But now in addition to that, you can target a particular physician on a workflow screen that you want to reach out where you think the brand messaging is relevant. And in addition to that, you can start targeting moments, right? When that script is being written, right? So you want to reach out to Dr. Ekbawe when he made a diagnosis uh, of diabetes and he's writing a, a, a script of uh, insulin, right? That's when I want to display that message. Now that messaging can now be delivered through technology programmatically. Programmatic is something which is not new. It has existed since last 15 years, but now programmatic is being used inside a point of care channel to deliver precision targeted messaging to physicians inside EHR platforms. And the companies who did great work in this period one of them is Docare, which I am representing. And just to add to that a little bit, I think um, as, as part of COVID, and, and there's a lot of various companies here and people that do that various things, but with the per perforation of the amount of data that we have now, right? I think as I talked about kind of extending that 
points of care at moments that matter. If somebody know that um, Dr. Pella writes a prescription for a diabetes drug, but it's not my brand, utilizing data uh, data sources like DocCare to help now trigger an awareness message on a display network or send an email message through through your various partners are ways that we are looking to and we're trying to extend that point of care, right? And so it's not necessarily about just in the office that time did they write a script, but how can we use platforms like DocCare to start triggering message or getting insights for some of our other other channels? And so it's for me, it's really about how can we utilize the data platforms, the point of care platforms, the partners that we have access to, and really extend that reach, extend that voice. And you know, when it comes to reaching doctors at this point of care, as we're discussing, um, we know that um, the the key is often finding a balance between reaching those doctors and also not being intrusive. So finding you know a balance of reaching them meaningfully, but not intrusively. I mean, doctors have very busy schedules, and they often have preferences on, you know, when they want to receive information about certain drugs or new treatments. Um, so what are some of the best practices that you found that are meaningful to physicians but not intrusive? Yeah. See, our learnings have been, um, we have been advocating this, that scripts, not clicks, right? So never expect a click on any point of care platform because you never want to disturb a physician when he is in front of a, of a patient, right? You do not want him to go to look at your brand.com, right? Doesn't make sense, right? So that's uh, uh, one of the key things we believe is very important to expect, right? So often at times we classify all media into a lead generation media and a script generation media, right? So the expectation from a point of care, right? So when a brand is looking to grow the number of scripts, it's the point of care media that they should look at. But if they're looking at getting more leads, right? You want to get more downloads of a white paper. You are looking to generate more attendees for a webinar you're doing. Then it's the top of the funnel. The lead generation media uh, comes in. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the partners that are in the point of scare space now, I think, do this really well. Um, it's not not interrupting their flow. Like you said, they're not trying to click out to go to your website. Um, but the follow-up that once, what ends up happening is that more, as marketers that live in a digital world, we've been spoiled to the point where we're getting clicks. We're talking about the instant gratification, right? What can we do for me right now? What is the um, impression number? What does that lead to click? What does that do to Rx right away? Whereas in the point of care, um, in, in certain instances where it's not like that true prescription um, um, flow within an EHR, for example, um, how do you look at, how do you measure point of care separately outside of clicks, right? You can't, you're not going to compare point of care advertising in many instances to traditional uh, display media or traditional other digital sources where you get like that kind of that instant grat gratification, that instant click, that instant message. And so developing those, um, those parameters with your BI team and your data team to kind of say, what does measurement look like here? What is the long tail of it? How are we able to drive leads or drive um, overall scripts over time, right? So just a matter of making sure those things are set and planned for prior to running the campaign, continue to measure it and see what success looks like over the course of time. Also, I think as a physician, right, I'm keen to look at any drug message, right, when it is appearing inside an EHR or any point of care platform for that matter, right? But I'm not interested in seeing a car ad or a toothpaste ad, right, at that moment of time. So those are also, I think, certain of certain nuances of the channel. 
And I wanted to talk a little bit about something that Dockery, I know, has done some research on as well, um, trigger-based marketing. Um, I, I know there, there was a report that came out um, in January, I believe, that found that script lift is about 32% higher in trigger-based messaging. Um, could you explain exactly what trigger-based uh, marketing is and how does it play into the ability to reach HCPs effectively and meaningfully? So, see, trigger-based messaging, as the name says, uh, it is uh, messaging driven by a trigger, right? Uh, when you want to highly ultra-target a physician at that moment inside a platform, you may want to use certain triggers, right? The trigger could be when the physician made a diagnosis of a disease with ICD code, this, right? Or a physician just wrote a uh, script for a competitor drug, those are triggers, right? The, through those triggers, you can define what message to be displayed. And you can customize the messaging because for every trigger, your message could be different, right? Sometimes you want to have a competitive communication against the drug, or sometimes you want to talk about an indication usage when it is about the diagnosis, right? So this is one part of the trigger. Now, these triggers, you could look at connecting with the following journey as well through the next best action models. So this messaging itself, because it is now driven by technology, which works in real time, right? you could use this as a trigger to do something else. Right? For example, a physician just made a diagnosis of, for someone with a, uh, with a rare disorder. Right? You could use this as a trigger that will go as a message on Viva. Right? Tell the sales rep, oh, this physician has this patient. He would set up a meeting to meet that physician, right? So these are all things that are happening inside the platform, which can be used as triggers to trigger something else. So raise your hand if you're not doing triggers. Don't don't raise your hand. I don't want to shame you. But, like, but, uh, but all of us are probably doing triggers somewhere. Either it be remarketing or remarketing is probably the easiest thing, right? If you think about... Um, Triggers is really just using one signal in order to do something else. So it started with remarketing. And, and, and if you've been in media and marketing for any amount of time now, you see how efficient um, remarketing and retargeting really is. And so um, in, in the HCP world and with the amount of data that we have now available to us, the ability to use this trigger, I think the stat you talked about was 32% increase in, in Rx when you layer on a trigger-based program. Um, for marketers now, I think we're or HCP marketers, we're calling it omni-channel marketing where it's really just utilizing triggers to um, to deploy media at various channels, whether it be display, social, alert marketing, things of that nature, right? And so um, the idea and the use of trigger-based message is such an important plan to really everything we do because we're able to generate um, additional engagement based on HCPs engaging with us. Um, triggers an, another step from paid search, right? Like paid search is probably the beginning of 99% of, of our media plans out here because that's the real hand raisers. Those are people that are going to Google Bing to saying, I am searching for this product, this service, this company name, or what have you, right? Triggers are an extension of that. It's somebody coming to your website to say, I'm interested or not interested, or I want to go to visit your dosing page, whatever the case may be, or an HCP saying, I am writing this particular brand or this particular, or, or diagnosing this particular thing. So triggers, it just, it just makes sense in kind of the way we live our life. And I think now being able to have all these various vast data sources, we're, 
we're able to really use that information, plug it into various platforms, plug it into various tools, and really reap the benefits of the vast amount of data that we have in our space in order to increase engagement and really be there for our HDPs. You think it's something like Amazon is like the uh, example everyone uses, right? You go to Amazon once, you're going to see that product on every site you're on for the next 30 days. That's, that's like triggers, right? That's kind of what, what we're doing. So we're, we want to utilize and maximize the data signals that our HCPs are sending us and really just giving them relevant information that they've already triggered you or, or, or um, sense that they're, they're looking for. And I would uh, like just to add on to it. So consider triggers as real-time data versus the real world data, right, that has been in conversation which comes in several weeks, right? So there are different applications of real-time data versus applications of real world data. Now to switch gears a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about diversity, equity, inclusion as well, um, and specifically how programmatic targeting of HCPs can improve efforts around DE&I. Um, Igbabe, I'll, I'll start with you on this one to, to kick off the topic. Yeah, so, so I lead our Inclusive Media Center of Excellence at CMI, and we've been looking at uh, diversity and inclusion in a lot of channels. Um, I, specifically in the point of scarce space for HCP, the idea around education, making sure that we're giving physicians the right information at the right time about the right patients. Um, there's a lot of disease states, there's a lot of things out there that HCPs are just not getting the information that that they need in order to treat appropriately. Um, I think um, one of the areas that point of care can help is really just a matter of disseminating the appropriate information, utilizing the data that we have, utilizing the patient populations that um, HCPs are seeing, and just giving the right information. When you talk towards something like uh, comorbidity for death rates, I think um, point of care, is, it's a great place where you don't necessarily always have to have a branded message, right? And alerting HCPs, hey, did you know because you diagnosed um, or you wrote this code or you diagnosed this patient with this, these patients you see may be more at risk, right? And so at those moments, do we have the opportunity to message to an HCP to take a little bit more time, take a little bit more care, look at that test a little bit, ask a little bit more questions, become empathetic to the patients that they are now caring for in order to start reversing some of the course and some of these things that we're seeing happen for some of our um, uh, uh, cross-cultural and minority groups. So DEI is kind of big for us as an organization. We are a young organization and we realized we became too diverse too soon, right? It's an organization with 150 people, right? Yeah. You would think DEI, taking up DEI as an initiative, does it really make sense or not, right? But because we grew too fast in the pandemic, having teams across four different continents, we realized how people across different cultures need to talk to each other, right? So we made it as part of our company mottos, how we kind of encourage. And this was reflected in our product as well, right? So apart from just hyper-targeting, uh, DEI-relevant messaging to an audience of physicians, we are attempting to do certain studies that what impact does it have on patient outcomes, right? When you do those relevant hyper-targeted messaging which is relevant to a particular audience. So early days for us, but this does have a lot of potential uh, and how it will change behavior and impact patient outcomes as well. 
And uh, for me, I love that, especially as you're talking and you're thinking about the patient outcomes um, and you're, you're starting a company, right? You're building it from scratch. Um, one of the things that we continue to talk about and preach is making sure your inclusive strategy or your inclusive lens is built, baked in and built in at the beginning. Um, having that in mind, oh, having that in mind as you're building it out, make sure it's kind of built right and it's actually thought about um, in, a, in a systematic way that can be actionable and really put to, put to good use. So. This is the data right, has, has so many interesting things to tell. So as we are building the entire programmatic business, right, focused only on HCPs, and specifically looking at endemic and point of care channels, right, which were not organized uh, all across the world. Right? So we built our entire supply side platform or demand side platform. And in the center, we built a customer data platform as well. Right? So the CDP, our CDP, uh, it records every information about a physician right, from the internet, from a lot of public sources, private sources, and how they're interacting on different platforms, right? including DEI, culture data as well. So uh, we have about 170 parameters for every physician that we kind of study. So we say we know much more about a physician, why he does what he does, more than he knows about himself. Right? So a very interesting study, and we keep on releasing some of these data nuggets as we understand these. So yeah, watch out for more research to come. And moving on to our next question, historically, and, and sort of when we talk about point of care marketing, we're, we're often talking about the physicians and reaching physicians, but more and more we're seeing nurse practitioners and physician assistants um, kind of taking on an increasing role in the healthcare system and in caring for patients. What's your perspective on reaching nurse practitioners and physician assistants as part of HCP marketing efforts? And how can you sort of reach them, you know, if you're mostly focusing on list matches? I'll again respond this as a physician. I, I feel when I used to practice, I would not be able to do anything without my NPs and PAs, right? So that's how much physicians depend on their team, right? And every person has a role. And they're becoming increasingly important, right? As physicians are becoming more overloaded, right? NPs and PAs are able to take up a lot of their workload. Right? So in a lot of list matches also that we see across brands, right, a lot of NPs and PAs are also coming up as part of those list matches. Right? So I think that, that awareness is growing, their role, their prescribing role, even if it is limited, is kind of getting attention and brands have begun to grow their investment uh, uh, towards that audience as well. Yeah, that's uh, extremely well. Um, um, not much to add other than I think for 99% of the brands out there as you're going into an HCP strategy, it's becoming more imperative to really have an MP and PA as part of that. Um, as you talked about, I'm seeing it as well where more and more um, HCP targeted lists have an MP and PA as part of the list as well. So it's definitely important, definitely part of more and more plans as we see it, as it come out as um, we're really taking a, a, a more holistic look at what's happening at the account level or at the um, location level and not just that, that um, like main doctor or what have you. And, um, you know, moving forward, I wanted to ask a little bit of like a forward-looking uh, question, which is, you know, what do you hope to see in the future? Are there any particular trends in points of care marketing that you expect to really see emerge or that you're particularly excited about in 2023 and moving forward? I, I thought it was very interesting when you mentioned that some of these DE&I efforts, as you said, have this potential to improve patient outcomes. 
is one that I thought was interesting. Um, are there any other kind of uh, emerging trends in the area that you kind of are excited about or that you see really kind of coming forward in 2023? Yeah, for us this year, I think what we're really focused on is that omni-channel triggered approach. And so um, with the, like I said earlier, the amount of data that's really at our fingertips now in order to activate on, we're going to see it get better. We're going to see it get faster. Um, I think for years now, we were, we've always been kind of getting this data. But as more and more companies are standardizing processes, developing technology, creating creating services in and around that, we're just going to get to like the speed of it. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was around that real-timeness of the data. I think the data comes in at real time. How fast we're able to action on that data and the interoperability as far as which sources and mediums and partners are able to use that data in a real actionable way is going to become more and more important to um, the success of campaigns. We talked about later earlier as far as um, the triggered-based programs and the success of it. Um, I think as more and more companies sees how successful they are, similar to like what we talked about in the previous panel with CTV, it's almost... It's almost like a drug, right? You want more. You see the success. So you want to keep doing more. You want to keep iterating. You want to keep saying, hey, we did this last time. How can we refine it more? How can we do better um, to uh, to have better outcomes? So definitely, I think Omnichannel uh, is going to kind of grow big time. And it has evolved a lot in the last few years. I think one of the backbones of Omnichannel, right, which has multiple other applications as well, right, is data, right? How could data be used to power not just the marketing programs, but the audiences and the measurement, right? So we strongly feel the expectation from each channel, right, as we go forward will improve. It could be driven by the macroeconomic conditions also, where you want to question the ROI on each dollar spent, right? So I imagine every campaign will have like a script lift study done because as data is kind of de getting democratized, the application of that data is getting better and better each day. Well, thank you so much. We're out of time. So thank you again, HJ and Nick Bowie for, your, for joining us today. And I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the event. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. A big thank you to Harshit, Ekbavoy, and Lesha for a great podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Transform Talks, recorded live at MMM Transform 2023. If you'd like more information on effectively engaging HCPs at the moment of care, feel free to visit docare.com. That's D O C E R E E.com. This has been Mark Iskwitz for MMM. We'll see you next time.